0: For most families in general, it's just the unexpected, right? You don't have any idea what to expect uh, if it's your first baby. And so it's the, I have no idea what this is going to be like. How will I know what a contraction feels like? How will I know if my water breaks? what should I bring to the hospital? There's so many questions. And, you know, so with our patients, we we try to address all of that in our prenatal visits. Hello
1: and welcome to Her Kind of Healthy, a health podcast series brought to you by Sanford Women's. I'm your host, Courtney Collin with Sanford Health News. We want to start new conversations about age old topics from fertility to managing stress, healthy living and so much more. Her Kind of Healthy is designed to bring you honest conversations about self-care, happiness, your overall well-being with our Sanford Health experts. In this episode, we are focusing on postpartum and what women can expect those first minutes, hours, days, weeks after pregnancy, labor, and delivery, often referred to as the fourth trimester. I have with me Kayla Quinn, who is a certified nurse midwife at Sanford Medical Center in Fargo. North Dakota. Kayla, so glad to have you. Thanks for being here and welcome. Thank you. Well, full transparency and a note for the audience. I just reached 34 weeks in my pregnancy. So I'm very thankful to have this conversation as I look ahead to my own labor and delivery at Sanford Health in Sioux Falls. Uh, But in talking to my provider, reading about this process, trying to get as much education as I can, Kayla, it really is an overwhelming journey. So I wonder as a midwife working with women in this same journey, um, what do you hear and how might you be able to ease any anxious feelings or fears during this time as we look ahead?
0: Uh, For most families in general, it's just the unexpected, right? You don't have any idea what to expect uh, if it's your first baby. And so it's the, I have no idea what this is gonna be like. How will I know what a contraction feels like? How will I know if my water breaks? what should I bring to the hospital? There's so many questions. And, you know, so with our patients, we, we try to address all of that in our prenatal visits.
1: Okay, so let's move to some of those common side effects or symptoms post labor and delivery. We know, Kayla, there will be blood. Uh, talk about what we can expect um, and, and how long the bleeding might last, what care products we might need uh, to bring or might Sanford be able to provide Um, How much bleeding? Is too much bleeding? Let's just dive right into that real quick.
0: Absolutely. There's a lot of blood and uh, it's always going to look like a lot more to you than it does to us. So, um, you know, you can expect to see the most bleeding immediately after delivery. That's when there's going to be a lot. Um, After that, our goal is for it to not be super heavy. But I do tell people expect it to be like a moderate to heavy period for at least one to two weeks. The first week is usually kind of the worst where it's, it's a little bit heavier. You might have some small clots and that's okay. Um, Really the ones that we want you to be concerned about is that they're kind of like a golf ball size or bigger. If You're having clots that are a golf ball size or bigger while you're in the hospital, definitely let your nurse know. Um, If you're having gushes of bleeding that are filling up an entire pad in an hour, let your nurse know and same thing goes for when you go home. in the hospital the good news is we have all the pads you could ever want when you're in the hospital we start you out with a diaper pretty much and hopefully by the time you go home sometimes we can have you down to more of a normal size pad but um we'll start you out with the diapers at the hospital don't worry every every um, postpartum mom gets to experience the the diaper and the mesh underwear so so mom
1: and baby both get a diaper
0: Mom and baby both get a diaper. Yes, absolutely. So Sanford does have um, the disposable underwear and pads for you there. So you don't have to bring any of that with. It. If you want your own underwear, I do recommend you bring some that are a little bit bigger than normal and usually more high-waisted, um, especially in case you do have to have a cesarean section and there is an incision. We want them to sit above where that incision would be just for comfort. Um, but again, you're sticking a diaper-sized pad in there. So you're going to need a little extra room in your underwear. Um, But otherwise, yeah, Sanford provides those. Once you get home, I recommend that people have kind of a variety of different unscented pads when you get home. Um, Because it does, it just gradually decreases and you're gonna start with, um, you know, kind of like a moderate period and then it'll go down to spotting and then it might increase again for a day or two and then go back down to that spotting and really light. So having everything from some overnight pads all the way down to panty liners. So you kind of want a little bit of a variety. You don't have to have jumbo packs of everything. your bleeding really should only last about three to five weeks, um, but the heaviest will be in that first one to two weeks. Once you get home, if you are having a pad on and you saturate that in one hour, if you're bleeding so much that you're saturating a pad in an hour, we want you to come in and get checked out because there might be um, you know, something we need to look further into. Biggest things when you get home, I tell people, watch for any fevers. So if you have a fever over 100.4, um, especially if it won't come down after Tylenol, we want to know about it. Um, Like I said, if you're saturating a a pad in an hour or having multiple golf ball size clots, we want you to come in and get checked out. Um, If you're having any signs of mastitis, which is really hot red spots on your breasts, usually that's accompanied by a fever. You kind of feel like you have the flu. If you get that, call your provider right away. Um, Usually we can get some antibiotics pretty quick and it'll heal up. Don't stop breastfeeding, though. Um, Keep breastfeeding and then we'll, we'll kind of clear up that infection if you have severe abdominal or perineal pain, um, or all of a sudden your swelling that you had after delivery, if that all of a sudden increases a lot, then I want you to come and get checked out also.
1: Let's move to um, tearing and the types of tearing as it relates to a vaginal birth. um, What what types of tearing uh, might we expect or what that care journey, um, that recovery journey specifically looks like and some of the supplies that could aid in that recovery.
0: Vaginal tearing is, it's pretty uh, variable. You can have everything just from little, little tiny, what we call almost skid marks, or little tears by the urethra. Um, Otherwise there's first and second degree tears. Those are pretty, a lot more common um, where the the muscle tears a little bit, but it's not extremely deep. Uh, And then there's third and fourth degree tears that that really tear really deep into the perineal muscle and down into the rectum. Um, and sometimes even involve the anal sphincter. Care for each of those is a little different. Um, with those superficial or those periurethral tears, we do recommend you know, using your spray bottle, although you're probably gonna use that for all the tears, um, but those ones will really sting uh, while you're going to the bathroom that first few days. So uh, the hospital will provide you with what's called a peri-bottle, kind of just this little squirt bottle. You put warm water in it and really just squirting it on your perineal area while you're, while you're urinating, because it really takes that sting away, um, keeps everything nice and clean down there for you. You'll probably use that for the first one to two weeks when you go home. Um, So the hospital will give you that. Um, All sorts of ice packs, uh, which will be great. Um, We have ones that are pre-made, we can make some up for you. A lot of people have, a lot of kits now come with the, the gel ice packs, Um, Honestly, I'd leave those at home. Keep them in your freezer. We'll take care of all the stuff, especially with the real heavy bleeding the first few days. Let us use ours and the disposable stuff so you don't have to worry about yours. Um, And then there's also numbing spray that we can give you afterwards that you use um, after using the bathroom that can help. Kind of back to the tears, you know those, all of them are sutured if they're bleeding especially, but the the second, third, fourth degrees almost always have um, some sewing involved. those stitches do all dissolve. So it's scary getting the stitches, but you don't have to come back in and have them removed again. So they'll just dissolve on their own. Um, And the the biggest thing is just, um, especially with those third and fourth degree tears, uh, is making sure when you're using the bathroom, you're not doing any straining. Um, And same with when you go home, not doing any heavy lifting, because you don't want any straining on those stitches, especially those first couple of weeks. Uh, As far as healing goes, uh, the little ones they they heal up pretty fast actually within um, a couple weeks the the second or first and second degree tears take about two to three weeks to, to heal Maybe a touch longer for all of the suture to dissolve but within that first two two to three weeks. They're pretty well healed up um, The third and fourth degree those can take anywhere from more that four to six weeks before for those are fully healed Um with any of those, you could, especially the the more in depth ones, you could have a little bit of like urinary or fecal, inc- or, you know, stool incontinence. Um, some of that's just after delivery; everything's a little bit looser. The uh, perineal are a little looser, and so if that happens for the first, you know, week or two, that's okay. Um, it's if we're getting past that about two weeks, we want to know about it.
1: Okay, is there any way, Kayla, to prevent even just those? third and fourth degree tears that we can do ahead of time during the late stages of our pregnancy? Um, Anything we can do to avoid any of that? Or is it pretty inevitable for most?
0: You know, it's I don't wanna say inevitable because it really just depends on your body tissue and how um, viable it is. The biggest thing, you know, we don't recommend a ton of like trying to stretch yourself before. Sometimes that can cause more swelling. Um, You know, a lot of it is going to be listening to your provider at the end when you're pushing. Mm you know, if, if you just start pushing, pushing, pushing and don't take any breaks, then you, you might be a little more likely to have um, a little deeper tear. Whereas, you know, it feels awful. There's a lot of pressure at the end, but letting that, your pressure stay there and letting that perineum stretch naturally, um, you know, listen to your, your provider during that point because we can prevent some of it um, just by not going too fast at the end. Some of it's gonna be inevitable though. Um, and it just really depends on body type. Uh, Hopefully, it's not too bad, but all the fun stuff, medications and ice packs will be your friend. And we really recommend using ice packs, especially that first 24 hours, just to kind of get the swelling down, um, help with some of that, help numb up things up a little bit. After that, taking um, warm tub baths or sits baths. A lot of people have heard of those. Sits baths specifically are like a basin you can buy, and it sits on the toilet and warm water kind of flushes over the perineal area. But if you have a bathtub at home, Enjoy the full bath experience. Um, just you wanna want fill your tub up with warm water. Uh, our facilities have uh, tubs also to use after delivery. Um, it'll be filled with some warm water. If you're at home, Epsom salts are great for healing. Uh, the recommendation is about half a cup of Epsom salts per gallon of water. So pour those in and really just make sure your whole bottom is soaked. But hey, if you take the whole bath, that's great. Um, and relax a little bit and Uh, Really soaking that bottom, though, for about 15 to 20 minutes, one to two times a day. I usually say try two, especially with those worst tears. It's just sometimes hard to do if you've got a baby who wants to feed constantly, too. But uh, shooting for at least one a day can really help with the healing and, and help those stitches heal a little easier, make it less painful for you and um, just make the whole process a little smoother.
1: I'm learning so much, Kayla. Thank you for all the information. So the next topic I wanna to talk about, Kayla, uh, C-section birth or cesarean section. Um, for our listeners preparing for a C-section or cesarean birth, uh, the recovery process may be a little bit longer, I understand, because this is a major surgery. So first, what are your biggest tips to prepare for a C-section birth? And then we'll move to you know recovery and what to expect after that
0: yeah so preparing is a little bit different especially if it's a planned cesarean right you've got mm-hmm. picked out there's usually a time that they'll schedule you um and so the biggest thing is just um you know they'll tell you before nothing to eat or drink before your surgery um and i like to tell people like just remember it is a major abdominal surgery like you said so there is going to be some pain we don't expect your pain to be zero afterwards obviously we want it to be as low as possible and we're going to help you get there um, but to be expecting that there will be some. Um, abdominal binders are my favorite thing after uh, cesarean section for mamas to use. So, if you have one that you really like at home, or say you've researched or a friend, someone really loved one, bring it with you to the hospital. Um, the hospital does have them also, but if you have your own and you really like it, awesome. Bring it with you and we can help you get it situated and on after that first day. But um, bring that with you. Uh, if preparing for a C-section your hospital bag, loose clothes. Um, You can wear the hospital gown as long as you want, but if you want your own clothes, make sure that they're um, high-waisted, loose leggings or sweatpants, something that's not gonna rub against that incision. Um, Same thing, loose underwear that sit higher, high-waisted, everything. Um, Because you just don't wanna be rubbing against that incision. Um, Things kind of to expect, there's multiple different um, ways that surgeons cover that incision. Some, some will have glue and that's just going to dissolve on its own or kind of flake off on its own after about 10 to 14 days. Some put um, steri strips or like butterfly strips over the incision and those just fall off on their own after about seven to ten days. Some use um, uh, it's like a dressing that stays on for about seven days and you keep that on until you go home and you peel it off about seven days later on your own. Um, and so the biggest thing is people always are worried, can I shower after I have a section? Absolutely. You know, we recommend getting you up and into the shower the next day and, um, water can run over your incision. soap can run over the incision. We just don't want you scrubbing at it. So don't, don't rub, don't scrub at it. And even more importantly, just make sure to pat it dry very well afterwards. Keeping it dry and clean is the best thing you can do for healing with an incision. Um, like I said, you'll have some pain afterwards. And so that first 24 hours sometimes isn't so bad because you've got all the great surgical medications on board still, uh, it's after that. So we have oral medications, we have IV medications. Um, it's really just being honest and open with your nurse and, and not trying to be too tough. Cause like we said, major abdominal surgery, we want you to not take too much, but also don't, um, don't think you don't have to take anything either. After a vaginal birth, you usually expect a discharge home after about 48 hours. um, And a C-section will be after about 72 hours. So three days. Expect about three days in the hospital. Um, The recovery time is a little bit longer. You know, vaginal delivery, you know, we expect to kind of be up and moving and feeling pretty good within about three to four weeks. C-section could be closer to that six to eight weeks. Most people, though, still feel a lot closer to their normal by about two to three weeks. So I I don't want people thinking eight weeks, I'm gonna feel this much pain and it's gonna be awful. No, the first week is probably gonna be the worst and we're gonna be kind of just slow moving and need a lot more help. I recommend having someone at home with you that first one to two weeks Um, because bending to get diapers or change diapers, all of like those bending motions and even just diaper changes in general can be a little more difficult right away. So having some, somebody there to help you most of the time that first one to two weeks, um, you know, we recommend no driving that first week um, due, due to pain and if you're taking any narcotic medication, obviously. Um, and so again, making sure you've got someone on board to, to help with catering you around. Um, we recommend no heavy lifting over 20 pounds when you get home. So baby in the car seat is usually okay. Um, but I like to tell parents who have other kiddos at home to kind of start preparing for that because that's a hard hard thing to come home and then say, mama can't lift you up anymore. Um, so teaching your little ones to be monkeys before you go in and and really just kind of making, having those conversations with your younger kiddos before you go in that, you know, especially those first few weeks, mama's got a big owie and we need to, to limit some of that um, lifting. Um, being a lot more careful too with signs of infection. So we talked about some of those earlier, the fever, um, the heavy bleeding, but also with a section if there's any like redness or drainage around your incision, that'll be an extra thing to watch for um, after a C-section or really, really severe abdominal pain that won't go away. Okay,
1: good information again, Kayla, thank you. Um, So with regard to a C-section or a vaginal birth, um, let's talk about some other common symptoms that women can experience in that early postpartum period. Um, that maybe we don't always hear about or talk about uh, but should be on the lookout for or should expect um, you know i hear about urinary and bowel incontinence uh, vaginal discharge constipation talk about a couple of those things um, and maybe yeah. when to seek care if something uh, isn't normal or
0: um, something that we feel you know should be uh, cared for um you know we kind of touched on the urinary and uh, fecal incontinence if it's lasting more than one to two weeks, definitely kind of want to check on that. Kegel exercises are great. Um, we don't do a ton of physical therapy before about six weeks. So kind of knowing that it is normal, all those muscles take some time to, to strengthen up again. But if it's constant, you know, after about two weeks, we want to make sure nothing is, is damaged there. Um, Constipation is a big one. And the one everybody's terrified and everyone's um, terrified of that first bowel movement. Your nurses, they think it's great, right? But everyone else is terrified of that. Um, Usually, it's not as bad as you were worried that it's going to be. Um, but at the hospital, we do have stool softeners that we'll give you. Um, I do recommend, especially with a second degree or more, second, third, or fourth degree, to having a stool softener at least the two to four weeks. Um, you know, if you have a third or fourth degree there, we're going to recommend having more than one. Maybe adding Miralax, adding um, more relaxative too, to help keep things really, really soft. Because the biggest thing is just to not strain. Um, whether you have a C-section or a vaginal delivery with tears, we just don't want you straining those muscles. So, um, common things if you want to have on on hand at home: Colace is a common stool softener. Miralax. A lot of people like. Um, the other thing we're really going to recommend is just tons of fluid intake. Eating a fiber diet, diet all of that will help. Um, hemorrhoids are everybody else's least favorite thing, and sometimes we can't do anything about them. They happen during pushing sometimes. Some people get them during pregnancy. Um, They're everybody's least favorite thing. So, uh, you know, if they're really bad, they're really irritating after delivery, talk to your provider. We can possibly get you like a, a, kind of a more of a numbing cream for a while. Um, We use witch hazel pads for healing in the hospital also, um, along with that spray in the ice packs. And so those, or um, tux pads, those are great for hemorrhoids too. So we'll we'll show you how to put those in your um, pad and keep wearing those for a few weeks. Um, you know, with the hemorrhoids, sometimes we can't prevent them and they do take time to heal. Um, you're not gonna just go home and your hemorrhoids will be gone. They can take a couple months even to heal. So don't stress too much. The, the biggest thing is if um, the constipation is getting so bad, you're going like three days and it's you can't go, um, we wanna know about it. If you've tried all the laxatives and the stool softeners and it's not working, let your provider know. Um, but the hemorrhoids, if they're growing and really, uh, seeming like they're blood filled something like that um, and getting bigger and bigger and not not smaller necessarily then let your provider know um, and try not to let those things go you know we we schedule you an appointment for six weeks out and everyone figures okay i'm i'm good for six weeks no one needs to see me but if you're having those things please call and reach out we're more than happy to see you before the six weeks absolutely good to know
1: thank you and shifting to mental health for a moment which i know is just as important as that physical health and recovery and postpartum uh, i recently recorded an episode uh, with longtime social worker here at sanford health carla salem who specializes in postpartum mental health um, as part of our podcast series for kind of healthy but uh, kayla for those who may not be familiar let's talk briefly about the difference between the ever common baby blues And uh, what might lead to a more serious diagnosis of, say, postpartum depression, for example?
0: Yeah, baby blues are kind of that roller coaster that you even experience at the end of pregnancy, that those tears that come out of nowhere and crying over commercials and then laughing and having no idea why you're sad. Um, You know, we expect that kind of a roller coaster to happen for about the first two weeks. Uh, If it's kind of just those little minor ups and downs in that first two weeks, that's usually more the baby blues. Um, where we start to get worried about postpartum depression would be if it's lasting longer than two weeks. Um, if things are getting to a point where you don't want to take care of yourself, don't want to take care of your baby, um, kind of very more lethargic, don't want to get out of bed. Um, you know, that's different than just being exhausted with being up all night with your baby, but really just don't want to get out or take care of yourself. Um, being more irritable, uh, just more snappy, and uh, Short with people. uh, I really recommend that partners pay attention to mom's mood because a lot of the times mom isn't going to notice it first. Um, Just figure they're tired or everything's normal. But if you start to notice a decline and where they're just getting really snappy or just really in this funk and won't come out of it, um, you know, if it's lasting past that first two weeks, I really recommend being seen at about that two to three week mark. Um, Just to even talk about options and talk about counseling or do we need a short-term medication to help with this? Um, sometimes just talking about their fears is enough where people are like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling a little better. So making that appointment with with either your OB provider, your midwife or a, a counselor is definitely in that first two to three weeks. Really important.
1: You brought up that support person, whether it's the father of the child or it's a partner um a family member, a friend. What are some tips that you have, Kayla, for that specific person during the transition to postpartum and really into those first days and weeks at home?
0: You know, really just being present, being there as much as possible. Um, Especially with breastfeeding moms, sometimes partners feel left out or hopeless because there's not a lot they can do. Um, But really doing doing the diaper changes so that mom gets just that even that Three more minutes of rest is kind of nice doing the diaper changes um being prepared to get up with mom too you know um during breastfeeding we you're gonna be really really thirsty and so as the partner making sure mom has a full water jug and has some snacks available um you know just being there with those little things and having them ready. Cause she might not even think about them. She's so worried about getting baby latched. And then all of a sudden you're stuck and you're like, I'm really, really thirsty. Um, so having some of that available, um, you know, if, if mom has fed and has tried everything, then, you know, just being there to help rock and hold baby a little bit while she gets some rest and taking those trade off times, um, you know, and when you get home, same thing, just kind of being a little bit more, having somebody there to help with a little bit more of the housework and easy meals. I mean, don't, don't shoot for perfection here. Once you get home, just that's your time to kind of huddle in those first two weeks because they're a little rough and and just, yeah, being helpful, and being up at night and helping with the diaper changes. And um, it's really just, and paying attention to mom. And that's the biggest thing I can stress is paying attention to what her mood is doing and, and having the open conversation of what do you want me to do to help you? Um, feeling able to say, what do you need from me? Because it is hard. It's hard to, A lot of our partners feel helpless when moms are doing everything and there's not as much they can do so just really asking like what do you need from me what can i do for you Um, and moms be be okay with delegating that that's a hard thing for us to do Um, but let them do it for you
1: yeah just being present communicating having that ability to delegate all such great reminders uh, and again such valuable information thank you Um, Having someone there is is so important whoever it may be Um, So it's good to learn more about what they can do to provide the best support possible. So thanks for that Kayla any last bits of insight or things that we can add to our list as we plan for Postpartum um, in hopes to make that transition as smooth as possible
0: Yeah, um, you know, we talked about the preparing part. So You know, leave all your stuff at home for the most part. Don't stress over packing your bag too much. Bring your comfy clothes, but you don't need a ton, right? We're gonna give you all the pads. We're gonna give you all the medications and the, the squirt bottles and all the stuff, all that postpartum kit stuff leave yours at home because you'll want it when you get there. So um, try not to stress about that too much, but just having comfy clothes or slippers, things things that are comforting for you. The open communication between you and your partner, or support persons, whoever's gonna be with you, is gonna be key to a lot of it, to the labor process, to the postpartum process. Um, and you know, letting your partner see some of this, like, yep, there's going to be a lot of blood, um, realizing that this is normal, um, but maybe I'm not gonna wanna go and do a whole lot that first week because I don't know what's going to be happening down there. Um, and same thing with visitors, you know, just being prepared to say, we don't, we're not comfortable going to do anything, or I'm not sure how I'm going to be feeling. So let's play it by ear. And, um, really just remember that you, you are this new family unit and you get to make the rules. Um, and really just, this is a, it's a it should be an exciting time. Right. Um, and really just make the most of it and learn from your baby and, um, yeah, just open communication is going to be a huge thing, and, and realize that it's it's supposed to be um, a little bit stressful, and it will be, but um, it's also very exciting. And something we do see uh, a lot, especially in um, first time moms, is um, you know we talk about discharge times, right, being about forty eight hours or seventy two hours, and those are they're kind of imperfect scenarios too, right? Um, you know, we see a lot of mamas whose blood pressure gets elevated, or babies who have jaundice, things like that, and so. To really prepare yourself that yep the 48 hours or the 72 hours that's our normal right that's what we're shooting for but if you if anyone tells you you have high blood pressure or babies struggling with blood sugars or struggling with jaundice to really start preparing yourself that you know what that 48 hours might not be a thing your 48 hours might turn me seventy-two or uh, even more than that um, and being prepared for that's really hard it's a really hard thing when your provider has to come in and say hey the safest thing for you to be would be to stay stay longer and you were so nice going home Um, and so just realizing that some of it it that might change um, just based on how the the postpartum process goes but high blood pressure is one that a lot starts happening and everyone wants to know why Um, and it's a hormonal shift we don't have necessarily a huge why Um, and so just realizing you're not doing anything wrong Uh, it's just your body's reaction to the postpartum period and, and we are we just want to keep you to watch you a little closer and make sure we get you home and safe with your baby
1: Yes, and that speaks so beautifully to our comments at the beginning of this conversation that everyone's care journey will look a little bit different. No two uh, experiences are the same. But one thing is for certain, Kayla, it is so wonderful to have a network of Sanford Health providers who can educate and make us feel comfortable and prepared, which is exactly how I will be leaving this conversation today. So with that, I thank you. Uh, Kayla Quinn, certified nurse midwife at Sanford Health in Fargo. Thanks so much for your time, your insight, expertise, and all that you do
0: for women in this space. We appreciate you. Thank you. Appreciate it.